Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are joined today by Rick Maguire of the Brilliant Pile, whose new EP, Hot Air Balloon, is released on January the 5th, uh, 2024. Rick, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you and whereabouts in the world are you joining us from? Uh, it's my pleasure and I am in my house in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Very nice. And uh, how, how have things been for you uh, over the last sort of, you know few weeks? Have you been kind of still on the road touring the latest album? Have you kind of finished that earlier in the year? What's what's it been like recently? Uh, we just finished uh, uh, a tour, a full full US tour, and uh, that'll that'll do it for us for for a little while, at least uh, full band stuff. I'm going to be doing some solo touring just to stay busy. Um, and yeah, probably, I mean, have have some things that, uh, are brewing, but mostly just, just practicing, writing some new music. And, uh, and that's, that's pretty much, pretty much it. Try to stay active outside of the full band touring stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, the the year because we released the 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 LP this year we did a a good deal of touring you know we started off in the in the EU and the UK and then sort of did some one offs over the summer and then finished it with this this six week long trip that we just got back from yeah very nice and how has the tour been I mean I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the uh, the solo shows but but with the band uh, shows I remember. The last time we spoke was before the release of All Fiction, right at the start of the year, and mm-hmm. we'd been talking about how the um, you know this album has quite an expansive, atmospheric kind of quality to it. You know, there's synths in there, there's a lot of atmospheric textures that you were sort of pondering how you were going to make work live, whether the, there were going to be aspects of these songs that you might have to do differently, or how you would recreate certain parts of the songs live. How did that work out? How did you uh, kind of interpret these songs when on the road with the full band? I think, uh, you know, I, we, I, I think we did them, did them justice and we, and we did it. We did them justice with just the three of us, which was a lot to, there was a lot to consider. Basically, between the three of us, I had a synthesizer and some samples built into that. Alex had uh, a synthesizer and and a sampler, and Alex and Chris had a you know a drum drum pad trigger. So with those, we were able to 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 cover a lot, and also I had my foot pedal MIDI controller for certain parts of the set that needed just uh, you know, extra bass notes when like Alex would go to the, the synth and things like that. So we were able to do it. And um, I think we did it. We did it pretty well, but it really, I would say with the three of us doing it, it, there was an element of what the band had been that we lost a little bit. And I think that that was the, 
we were able to execute the album well, but there we didn't have the same sort of bombast that we may have had with previous records. And that could have been, I don't, it would be difficult to achieve that just the three of us anyways with, with, um, with even, you know, older material, but that brought us even further from that with how, um, you know, like you said, how atmospheric and kind of spacey some of the newer material is. So it, we were able to, we were able to achieve what we hoped to, but I think it was really nice to bring, Matt back into the mix to play second guitar for, for this last tour, because then we could still, we could basically pick from whatever we wanted yeah. and we could do older stuff and have that sort of bombast. So I have these really like high energy moments. And then these then very like quietly intense moments hmm. and being able to, just toggle between the two i thought made for for uh just a more interesting set and it also it's it kind of for people who maybe only found out about us recently but like the older albums they're able to sort of get some of what they they want as yeah. well so yeah i mean how have the solo shows been because as you said there's a you know, if you look pre all fiction, you know, you, you have a kind of big, you know, he, quite the, you know, as you said, bombast, big, heavy elements to the sound. And then with this record, there are those spacey atmospheric moments. How are you making that work as a solo show? Are, you, are we talking, you know, stripped back acoustic guitar stuff? Are you using synths to kind of provide the textures to the songs? What do those solo gigs look like at the moment? So the way, that I had done it uh, prior to releasing all fiction. So like in, in, in 2022 uh, I went out on a, a pretty long, like a two month long solo tour. And that was, I was using like a f- MIDI controller foot pedal, like you would see on an organ to control a synthesizer. So I have bass notes and play electric guitar at the same time. So there, you know, it used to be just like I would bring a guitar and I would I would play the songs and I would do the interpretations of them. This opened it up to there being more loops and more, uh, you know, airy synth pads and um, just sub bass synth uh, and. Well, that was a, a lot of fun, and it was it was interesting to be able to try out the songs in that way. I've been this time around. I recently I played a show, and the just logistics of it made it such that I just could really only bring a guitar. Mm-hmm. So I had to just arrange every all of the new material that I was going to play for just single single guitar, and um, it was it was really fun actually. So. I'm not a hundred percent sure I've been, been practicing for the trip. I think I'll probably do some combination of the two where it's really stripped back and it's just, it's kind of the, the bare bones of what the song is. Um, and then other ones where I will 
sort of expand upon whatever is there. Also, with with the newer material, the initial intent was to have the songs be written in this sort of a way, like almost like folk songs, where you can just like the chords and the lyric, like the 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 chords and the melody are really what the song is. And so I'll be able to play them just on a guitar. I could play them on a piano. I could play them with a full rock band or I could play that, you know, or we could record them some way where mm. we use the studio as a tool to make it sound impossible to replicate live. So um, that was the idea with writing the song. So now being able to take them out on the road, hopefully I'll it'll, having that sort of, Writing them with that that flexibility in mind, I think, is it's setting me up to try some some different things out. And well, obviously, that was the intent with writing the material. Sometimes they take different turns. Where it's like now that the song is done, it's it like a song like Poisons. Like I could play that song on just acoustic guitar or just piano, and but it's come to be something else for me. Where it's like it's just a loud rock song. So doing it in a different way might feel a little weird. Who knows? Maybe, you know, 10, 15 years down the line, I might be more interested in being like, eh, who cares? Yeah. That's, that's a song of quite, quite dramatic dynamics, isn't it as well? So the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see how a song like that could uh, manifest itself as a solo performance. I'd, I'd, I'd be really intrigued to see it, but uh, yeah, I can oh, see yeah. what you mean. Well, it must be, it's a, interesting. It'd be an interesting one. Yeah, for I mean and that song in the studio too. I mean we because we layered over there was a lot of it that um like I that whole song I played on piano with this kind of like clunky almost like Tom Waits kind of thing. So there was a chance that it was going to end up in that sort of way where it was like piano based but there's still drums and you know so that is it's just it's fun for me that 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 it's not that once the song's done it's not necessarily bound to be that one thing so yeah that's interesting i you you just mentioned piano i can kind of almost imagine what i what what that might sound like i'm kind of imagining that as a piano structured song and it's having this big slamming uh of keys sound to it be uh, yeah yeah very interesting to see i mean are there any you know i because i know that you did the you did those shows and you did an album of, you know, reinterpretations of, you know, songs from various points of your career, uh, which were all, you know, solo uh, endeavours. Um, have there been any, you know, previous uh, artists or, or shows by artists that have kind of inspired that, you know, uh, you know, want, wanting to sort of rework or reimagine songs in a certain way? I think of things like, um, so, you know, re- I think it was about a week ago, it was the... 30th anniversary of the re- the recording of Nirvana's unplugged gig which you know at the time was quite a, you know apart from them being you know you know the biggest band uh, around at the time it was quite an intriguing thing to hear a lot of those songs in an acoustic setting you know for a band that a lot of people didn't really think had that in them but it really showcased a different side to what they were doing are, are there any shows or artists that have done things along those lines that have kind of inspired or ignited that part of your brain that likes to to reappraise and reinterpret your own material uh yeah i think that there's two two artists in particular and it's it's um nick cave and neil young i think that i've just seen that and as two artists that i 
respect immensely. And I, I think because of that respect, like I've known that it's a possibility to do, you know, mellower reinterpretations of songs. And like, that's a thing that, that one can do. But I think seeing artists like that, who I have admired for so long, almost allows me to give myself permission to do something like that. Whereas, you know, other times, like, um, you know, like Eric Clapton doing Layla, like I, I have no interest in his music. So hearing that being like, I don't want to, well, yeah, he can, he, if he wants to do that, he can do that. But I don't, I don't care about that song. So it's like, I'm less inclined, but when I, you know, think about Neil Young, it's like, oh, well, Neil can do it. So, you know, so, yeah. Um, I think it really is the just seeing a way to give myself permission to try those things out. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's, it's fascinating. Um, you know, I'm, and I've been, I, I think again, we may have, I may have mentioned it when we spoke last time, but I really enjoyed listening to those different interpretations of your, your kind of previous work. Cause it does just shine a completely different light on them. And yeah, but you know, both the artists that you've just mentioned, amazing for that kind of thing you know seeing neil young perform various songs in you know a variety of different ways is always a treat um mm-hmm. and then with nick cave i mean just his whole you know it's just, i mean where do you even begin uh you know the, the the way his particularly in recent years the kind of the 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 the, the albums that he's put out and you know I'm not necessarily talking now about reinterpretations of songs but just the way he's evolved his sound into this you know you know they they were a very brutal sounding band at one point you know and now it's kind of brutal in a very different way it's this kind of really melancholic you know otherworldly thing that they're doing but yeah that's that's a whole other tangent um so let's get back to pile and the hot air balloon ep um can you just tell us a little bit about this ep how how it came together um you know five tracks you know were these songs that were left over from the all fiction uh, sessions that didn't quite, you know, fit that track list in. What's the, what's the story behind this EP? So when we initially, when, um, preparing to go into the studio, uh, for what ended up becoming all fiction, I wanted to have, uh, 30 songs and I had, you know, I think that I ended up having about, 20, 20 songs. And then when it came down to it, we were at, we were prepared to track 15. Yeah. So we tracked all 15. We were there for a month and it just became clear that, I mean, obviously we, we wanted to, we not trying to do another double album because it's just, you know, Green and Gray was a double album and the the solo reimagining uh, songs known uh songs known together alone was a double album. So it was I just wanted to have like a a a 44 minute long record that was yeah. you know. So with that we knew that we were going to have some leftovers and that we'll be able to sort of pick and choose what what we wanted, but it in 
I know that the general line of thinking is that, well, we want the best of the best and then whatever's left over will, um, you know, we'll use as, as B-sides or, or whatever. But I didn't really view it that way, mainly because I felt that the songs that we landed on to record, it's, it's also difficult for me to identify necessarily what is which ones were worse and which ones were better. Like I have my feelings about them, but then again, yeah, the right. way that I feel about certain songs is not the way that other people feel about them. So, um, and I know that there's obviously, there's some that you can kind of identify as being more palatable. Either way, it was some of the, some of the songs that ended up on the EP seem to operate better as singles. They could be kind of standalone as like, Oh, we just released this. Like if we were to release um, Link Arms, uh, which uh, is on All Fiction, it just starts off with this this droning chord and this this weirder melody, and it's it feels like a like an album track. Like it should it, it occupies a space on a record. There's like a part of a it's it's part of a, a narrative that is about forty four minutes long. And there were a handful of record, a handful of songs that just felt like they they needed to be there on the record to represent something. Yeah. Um, so on their the the some of the songs on All Fiction on their own, they may not be as strong structurally, or even just to like upon first listen be like, oh, I like this song. But as a as a they were very important to just to the whole record. So, um, so these five left over, we just felt that they had some flexibility in terms of whether or not they were going to be part of an EP or whether they were just going to be singles that we would drop six months apart, mm. you know? Um, and where we landed with it was, well, you know, we released the, the LP, we did a tour and we have another tour plan. Like, why not just release some new music right before we go on the next tour? And then it just seemed to make sense to do, uh, just to do it as a as a digital release EP. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with this material and trying to think about you know at some point doing a physical release of it. I mean, I also thinking about recording some of the versions of all fiction songs that we ended up playing as a rock band and then having that be like a B side to whatever, you know, yeah. to that. E. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Oh no, that's, that's, that's how it came about. So it wasn't as much, uh, I mean, they technically were leftovers, but there was a lot of deliberation that ended up going into just which, what things were going where. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting and it's it's a very interesting collection of songs you know there's different elements of the band on on show with those tracks and you know there's some moments in there that are really you know in, in the vein that we were speaking about earlier they you know they're very spacey and quite sort of beautiful and atmospheric and it's a feels like a real you know not that that hasn't been present in pile before but i feel like these ones are almost show the that that side to the fullest um you know and it and it feels you know i think quite 
yeah, like a real clear, you know, I, I, I don't say the word evolution as in, you know, an improvement, but it does just feel like a, a, a distancing in some ways from some of the music that the band had been making previously. Um, I mean, is, is that something that you're still consciously kind of thinking about with, with regards to the next record, whenever or whatever form that may take? Is this a, an area that you're kind of going, oh, this is what I'm into at the moment. I want to push this sound and this style even further. Or does it feel like this is an album that exists in its own bubble? And then it's almost, you know, starting from a clean slate again next time around. I think it's something that I, that this batch of material was uh, a long time coming. Uh, so now to, to know that that is something that we're able to execute, I think it's going to be incorporated into just one of the many things that we have <clears throat> available to us. Cause I, prior to this record, it was like, we had had that sound and that's what the, those were the resources that we possessed. It's just like, it was guitar based drums. We could be loud and quiet. And we were that kind of a rock band. And then being able to explore this. Now we know that we can go there and we can try that out. And it's like, well, try, try some kind of like, we could, you know, we could jam, we can just sort of improvise on synths, which was never like, it wouldn't be a thing to just bring it in and then we'll start using it in that. Or we, we didn't do that anyways. Um, so it feels like that door is open now. Um, but I, I will say that the, also the, the last batch of material felt like I was really stretching myself. I knew what the expectations were for, um, the band and I knew what I wanted to do, wanted to do, um, both in terms of composition and production. So I was, I was really trying to push myself and I'm not so sure, um, that this time around, and I, I know it's going to, it's going to change. It's basically like everything is kind of a reaction to the the thing right before it. So yeah. because of how much, because of how much I stretched myself and how much I challenged myself, I think that I'm looking to reconnect with just like, I just enjoy doing this. So, um, writing songs that I just want to write rather than focusing on making some, kind of statement yeah um so i think that it's it, to answer your question i think it will be some combination of the way that things have been and the way that and 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 the doors that have more recently been opened yeah. um and also looking to explore new things as well, but it's, but in a, in a more like playful and fun and adventurous way, rather than, um, this, uh, it was just, I think it was, a, it was just a challenging process. So maybe in just like a less challenging way, which I don't, I don't know if I've ever really allowed myself to go to the place where it's, I mean, I think in, in moments I, I'll just allow like, Oh, this is a, this is, this song was easy to write. So like, that's cool that there was one that was easy to write, but yeah, allowing myself to just enjoy the process rather than having it be this, um, 
this difficult thing to to that I that I need to endure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you a little bit about the the first song that you released from the EP Scaling Walls. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I as, as soon as I heard that song, it that that was one that felt immediately to me like like a single. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Thought it was thought, thought it was brilliant. I was like, wow, that's that feels like a that feels like a single, and it's got a brilliant video with it as well. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about how that one came together? Like, do you have any specific recollections of about, uh, sorry, of how that particular song came together, what the writing process around that was like? Um, and then also, if you could just tell us a little bit about the video, because it's, it's an amazing video. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the, the song, so um, to, is it, I guess it sort of speaks to how, how long the process was of getting all of these songs together, but it was uh, around the time. <clears throat> uh, I think it was 2018. It was after we had, um, oh no, 2017. It was 2017 after we had recorded a hair shirt of purpose that I had, um, I had had like a writing, a writer's block. And then that writer's block just, uh, I basically broke and then recorded these 10 songs that were, I just called them the carrying songs. And that was one that was on there. And it was when I was starting to use, like um, I had some, like this critter and guitar organelle and it had like this, you know, this MIDI synth stuff. So that song was, has taken a number of iterations, but I've always liked those chords and it had just taken a bunch of different shapes and, I think that when we actually sat down to practice it, I was I just, it, it was like a waltz for a while. So it was like a different, a very different feel and then tried it, tried it out that way and it came together pretty quickly. So, um, but yeah, so I, I guess a, a lot of the songs that were on Carrie and songs ended up being on all fiction. So they're, they're older for sure. And that, and, some of them, some of those songs, I'm still working on. Are going to be on the next next batch of uh, material. But anyways, uh, the video I uh, did with Josh uh, Echevarria, uh, Echevarria, I believe, and he did the loops video as well. Mm. And he's just great. He had reached out shortly after we had released Green and Gray and asked if uh, I wanted to work together. It's like, I would love to, but we just don't have any new material. But I liked his work a lot, so I saved it for when the time came, and when we worked together on Loops, it was a great experience. And he reached out and was like, hey, are there any other bands that you'd, you know, you think I should work with? And I was like, yeah, definitely. But we also have this other material if you'd be down to work together again. He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So we did another one, and... um, yeah, it was at the time. I think the loops video. I had more of like a vision for how it was going to go, and this one, uh, scaling walls, was really all Josh. He really okay. sort of came up with the narrative, came up with the location, and um, yeah, we did it on a on a on a tighter budget too. So it was really just him. I mean, we we hung out and he sort of batted around these ideas and 
it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he kind of just pulled it all together. Yeah, it's it's a great, you know, it's a really, you know, really effective video, and it matches up, you know, so so brilliantly with the music. Um, were you, you know, a, a particular fan of music videos, kind of when you were first getting into music and stuff? Because the 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 whole music industry and its relationship to music videos has changed so much, you know, as, as someone that was kind of growing up in like the nineties, you know, in the golden age of sort of, you know, MTV and that kind of stuff, when there'd be all these huge budgets thrown at music videos, not that that was always a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I remember always being really in, you know, particularly from certain bands, always really interested to see what they were going to do aesthetically with their videos and stuff like that. That's been less of a thing over the last, you know, maybe 15 years or so you know depending on which artist you're looking at but yeah i just wondered if 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 that was a world that you were particularly immersed in or or interested in when you were growing up or even still to this day yeah definitely i think you know it was growing up in that there were certain songs that i wanted to see the music video of but never really had the chance to because it's not the the internet exist in the way that it uh, does now. So just finding those was, was, was a challenge. So you kind of had to wait. And then there were some songs that you would just be played all the time. But I mean, I, I remember once you would see the video that you really wanted to, it was very exciting. And um, when they captured it, you know, I experienced the disappointment of seeing music videos where it like stripped the, the, the visuals that I had in my mind of it. Yeah. But I also experienced ones where I was able to hear the song for the first time and see the video and be kind of uh, blown away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just growing up with that, it's, it became a part of how, at least in that time, how I heard music. And now, now I would say that it's, Sadly, it's it just feels you know regardless of whether it, to make them, it's like you want to make one that really represents what you're like what you're thinking for the music. It's an yeah. extension of that of 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 the art you're trying to make. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's um it's a wild thing because it's like now now people just have to make them and the uh you're lucky really if you get people to watch five seconds of them yeah um it's just it, it, it's a sad thing when you consider you know how good they could be and, and can still be you know in the right hands but yeah were there any sort of particular favorites that you had uh whether it was you know sp- specific songs or artists who always just seem to produce great videos you know even if you're not not going into specifics on you know i mean i I do remember you know like missy elliott and buster rhymes and i remember the the also the california love video yeah Uh, those are the ones that those are just like the first ones that come to mind um but you know and i was i was definitely more into rock music when i was was younger i think also yeah one that I always wanted to see, but, but never did was, uh, say it ain't so by Weezer. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I, I just like the pairing of, um, uh, 
visuals with with music yeah. just in general i i really want to get into to scoring okay just be love uh, i i just love the the synergy between those two things and um and uh, yeah working with josh in particular i am, i've been fortunate honestly with the with over the past year and a half or i mean really throughout my career of the people that i've been able to work with in making music videos and uh yeah i like i like that process and especially when you really find someone that you're you're working together you give them your song which is something that you 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 labor over and then in return they have something that they you feel you you feel seen for what you're trying to do with like you know you talk about it and talking about it is one thing but then actually turning it around and and uh and making making a piece of art together is a whole other thing so yeah absolutely so you said you have uh, some solo shows coming up. Are they going to be uh, all in the US? Are they uh, elsewhere? Where where, where will uh, those shows be taking place? They're mostly um, <clears throat> on the eastern half of the United States. I mean, the the initial reason for doing it, my my folks live in Nashville, and uh, figured I would just tour down for Christmas and then hang out there for a few days and then just continue further south into Texas and then we'll, we'll loop around. But I mean, the band doesn't have any plans to tour for the next, probably for all of 2024, just cause we're going to be working on a record. So I might, uh, you know, just to stay busy myself, um, go out and do some more touring. I would love, I would love to tour solo in the UK. I've never done it before. Um, so it's just sort of a, a logistical hurdle, but once I'm able, able to figure out how to jump that, then, um, yeah. yeah nice and i know that you know at, at the point of recording this the ep isn't even out yet but have you had any thoughts about you know releasing other new music next year at this point are you kind of you know any way down the line with writing new material for a new record or is that something you know for beyond you know after 2024 oh no i think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna track a new we won't be releasing anything in 2024, but we'll be tracking a new record in late 2024. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, Rick, it's been a pleasure chatting to you again. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. I've been absolutely loving listening to, uh, to the EP. I remember last year I'd been sent the, uh, the all fiction album uh, kind of around mid December, I think it was. So, that album ended up sort of soundtracking my my Christmas. I feel like the new EP is probably going to be likewise. So it's going to be another another pile themed Christmas here. But um, yeah, thank you so much. It's been brilliant. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, if you ever do get over to the UK or if I get over to the US, um, I'd love to come and catch a show or something. It'd be brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. Thanks so much, Rick. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Headliner Radio. Supporting the creative community.